0: Lynn Hiles Ministries presents, Dr. Lynn Hiles, That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles.
1: I want to welcome you back to the program again today, and thank you for joining in every week at the same time. And uh, we've been talking about the book of Hebrews on the program for the last several months. And probably for the last couple months I've had my oldest son Jeremy on the program with me, and we've been talking about some things that I think uh, will bless you. And it's great to have him on again with me today. This is my oldest son, Jeremy. He is the pastor of a great church in Winchester, Virginia, titled Word That Frees. And uh, there will be some information on the screen with their website to find the location of their church. I think you would be blessed to go and set in one of their services. They meet at a restaurant uh, called Sweet Nola's in Winchester, Virginia, and you'd be blessed to go by and be part of one of those services. We've been talking about the book of Hebrews. We're going to go back into Hebrews chapter 12 today. Last week we talked about how it's almost seemed to me like it was almost out of context when you get to Hebrews chapter 12, it starts to begin to talk about, lest any root of bitterness spring up, and you be like Esau who was a fornicator. The Bible calls him a fornicator there. Now, one of the things that uh, uh, caught my attention was the fact that I really didn't see any historic background of, uh, uh, of, of Esau being a fornicator in the sense of physical Mm -hmm. fornication, but it was really a spiritual form because what fornication is, is is intimacy outside of covenant. And so what we see with Esau, What 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 is happening here is he's talking about being in the right covenant. Yeah. And that the promise was made to those that will look to Jesus who's the author and finisher of our faith. Everything about the book of Hebrews is pointing you away from the natural to the spiritual. It's pointing you away from Moses, it's pointing you away from Joshua. It's pointing you away from Levi to show you there's better than Joshua, there's a better than Moses, there's a better than Levi, there's a better tabernacle, there's better promises, there's better blood, there is a better priesthood, there's better offerings. And all of them, I think we've covered pretty well in the book of Hebrews, are pointing to Jesus who is the fulfillment of that. As we come to the end of this book in Hebrews chapter 12 and chapter 12 and 13, he tells them again, you know, they are being pressured, we've shared this in prior segments, but these Hebrews in the first century are in the final days before the temple will be destroyed. And He's pointing them who are being discouraged, their hands are hanging down, their knees are feeble, and they're being pressured to go back to Judaism and to miss the mark of the new covenant. Mm-hmm. It's on the heels of that, dep- that the, whoever writes the book of Hebrews says if we sin willfully, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. He's not talking about a sin you did last night, he's talking about the sin of missing the mark of the New Covenant and going back to Judaism. And he's telling them, if you do, there's a certain fearful looking for fire indignation. That fire and judgment came upon that system just a few years after the book of Hebrews is written in A.D. 70. We're going to talk some more about that as we get on over into this. But when he talks to them about don't go back to Judaism, then he comes into chapter 12, well he starts pointing them back, he says to them, listen, don't be them who draw back to perdition, but them who believe to the saving of the soul. And then he points these Hebrews away from their immediate circumstances and points them to their heroes of faith. In chapter 11 we filmed eight segments on this, and he points them to their heroes of faith and says you need to look You know, at your heroes of faith who did something in the visible realm, that was a picture of the redemptive work of Christ. And then as he comes into 12 he says, now lay aside the sin. What sin? The sin of missing the mark and going back to Judaism. The sin of selling your birthright for one morsel of meat. The sin of letting a root of bitterness spring up in you where you walk away from your real identity as a son. Because Hebrews 12 he begins to bring chastening to sons, and the chastening is the fact that you are in fact a son, and since you're a son, you're an heir. So he begins to correct them and bring them back to that, saying, don't throw away your birthright here. Don't be a fornicator like Esau, operate in the wrong covenant, and, and, uh, you know, and miss your birthright. Because once you sell your birthright, and you go back to this old covenant, Esau though he sought it carefully with tears could find no place of repentance which means yes. to change his mind once the birthright's given the birthright's given now we what we realize is that many of these jews sold their birthright and many and 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 the inheritance that was in christ was offered to them but the inheritance was always offered to israel who was you know Christ. And I showed several things last week, I'll just reiterate real quickly that in Exodus chapter 4, 22, it said, God instructed Moses to say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn. my firstborn, And I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. Then in Hosea 11:2, we read, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son the more they were called, the more they went away, and they kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning offerings to idols. Who is the Israel of the Old Testament text was clearly, it's the ancient nation known as Israel, which was finally destroyed by the Romans in A.D. 70. Yet, we look at how Matthew, the book of Matthew, treats this exact same verse. He quotes this verse from Hosea. Uh, and before I quote that verse, we got to remember now that Israel was called out of you know, Egypt have I called my son. Her, I mean, Pharaoh is killing babies, and they are uh, brought up out of Egypt. Fast forward to Jesus, Herod is killing babies, and they have to flee with Joseph and his mother into Egypt, and this is what it says. That That's the background, is that Jesus and his parents went into Egypt, and, and here's what the Scripture says in Matthew, it says, and he, talking about Joseph, rose and took the child, Jesus, and his mother, by night, and departed to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt have I called my son. So the real Israel of God has always been Jesus that's the real, it's not replacement theology. Replacement theology is to take natural Israel and give them the place that really belongs to Jesus. Because the seed that he was talking about clearly goes back, I'll bless them that bless you, and curse them that curse you, is clearly found its fulfillment. In these shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, was fulfilled in the New Testament when he said to fulfill the words of the prophets that, you know, in other words, God included the Gentiles, that they would be included by faith when God said to Abraham, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. It was talking about the inclusion of the Gentiles in Christ who is the promised land. And then we see a comparison also made by Moses and Peter. We see two different things. It's in the Old Testament, the Old Testament people of Israel, Exodus 19, verse 3, it says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my command, you shall be a treasure of possession among all the people, for the, all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a people, a kingdom of priests, and a an holy nation. That's Exodus 19, verse 5 and 6. Now Peter quotes that exact same verse and says, For you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, that you might that, that you might proclaim Excellence of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. It is the inherent, In other words, He makes these comparisons to He said, This in the Old Testament, that was the shadow, this is the substance. We're going to come to the next segment in Hebrews chapter 12 because it almost looks like it's out of context when He comes back in here and He says to them, Don't lose your birthright. Don't go back to Judaism. Don't go back, to see, because all the old covenant was, again, the shadow, the new covenant is a substance, and Hebrews 11 says, now faith is a substance. It's not the shadow, it's the substance, and the substance was Christ. Go back and listen to our chapter 11 stuff.
0: You know, just to interrupt go ahead. you real quick, mm-hmm. but I just hit me when you were talking about where even he said, out of Egypt have I called my son a couple of... Uh, Programs ago, we talked about, I think it was from uh, Revelation chapter 8, then he compares Jerusalem. Uh, Re- 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 11, chapter 8, verse 8. Where he compares Jerusalem to Sodom and, and Egypt. Egypt. Mm-hmm. And so, even out of, so if you look at it even from that perspective, out of the natural uh, uh, <laughs> Egypt, or yeah. the natural Jerusalem, have I called my son? Yeah. You know, and so you see Christ. So, what we're looking to, again, it's, it's a mind, you know, we're talking about a repentance, a mind change away from what is natural to what has become spiritual, Absolutely, you know, that we see, again, Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. You know, we've got, we've been taught such a naturalistic mindset sometimes from a religious setting, uh, rather than really seeing the spiritual fulfillment of all the Christ, as we talked last week even, that Jesus is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets. We're still, but yet we're still preaching like the, 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 the law and, and the prophets haven't been fulfilled yet. Like there's, we're still waiting on something to be finished rather than, and I think if our mindset is that, if we don't see the law fulfilled, yep. if we don't see the prophecies fulfilled, then what we're doing is we're looking in the wrong place. We're looking at the wrong covenant. We're looking, we're not looking to Christ. We're waiting on God to do something He's already done. We're not looking to Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. We're not looking to see that Jesus really is the fulfillment of all these things. And when we look to Him, what happens is then we begin to receive the inheritance or the promises, the things we're waiting on become fulfilled the moment our eyes turn to see Jesus as the fulfillment of these things. You know, uh, I think it's powerful what you're sharing to begin to get people to change a mindset. You know, yep. we, we watch the news sometimes to see what's happening over in a place that, that, that it, it's, not, it's not what God is doing. Yep. You know, in other words, what's happening there is not God's doing. Yeah. It is still it, it is a it is a mind change that hasn't happened yet. When we begin to turn our mind to Christ, we begin to see the fulfillment of all that, that Jesus did and is, then we begin to begin to inherit the promises of God. The only thing holding back the invasion of heaven to earth right now is a it is is a a, a a wrong mindset. You know, in other words, here's the repentance that really needs to happen in the church. Yep. It's not where we get you know, and I and I do believe. Let me say it like this: I do believe in people getting saved and delivered yeah, from and from repent, sin. Yeah. I believe that. I, I mean, I believe in asking Christ into your life. I believe in receiving the Holy Spirit. I believe all that stuff, and 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 I and I I I I, I preach that in our church because I want people. I still preach salvation in our church. I still preach uh, receiving the Holy Spirit, uh, but I also preach that there is a greater repentance than even just that, and it's yeah. repentance of. Seeing that heaven is available to us right now, we don't have to wait till one day for it to happen. We can receive it right now, mm-hmm. and that's, I think that's probably one of the hardest repentance for people to see or to receive because it's not it. It, it, it it's almost goes against everything we've ever been taught. You know, how can we say that heaven is here when you turn on the news and you see all this bad stuff all over the world? Well, a lot of that stuff is the result of us not receiving what Christ has for yep. us. Yep. You know, this bad, bad stuff, theology, yep. bad stuff in the earth happens because we haven't, you know, we, in other words, if we want Jesus to come back and deal with sinners, then we got to have sinners in the earth. So then, so if that's our theology, we don't go out and win people to the lost. But if we believe that Jesus is already here and he's calling all men into repentance and he's calling all men, to, to be received as sons, then our our message begins to go into the world and say, well, there doesn't need to be sinners in the world. The whole world can be changed. Yeah. we can preach. To, we can preach to the yeah. lost, and they won't be lost anymore. Right. We can preach. You know. Uh. You know, so you know. But it, it, it's bad theology. So if we're if we're receiving a theology that's still waiting on something to be fulfilled, we will not. Re- we won't fulfill our mandate. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, go into all the world. Preach the gospels and make disciples of all men. Of all men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the hardest time, you know, one of the hardest mind shifts for them was when Peter went into the house of Cornelius, and he didn't think that they, that they should receive what they had received because they weren't natural Jews. Mm-hmm. But he goes into the house of Cornelius, preaches Jesus, and they receive it without having all the all the struggle, all the all the tarrying and all mm-hmm. the stuff they went through. The house of Cornelius receives it because they just simply hear Jesus. The Spirit comes upon them. They didn't have to go through all the the washing and circumcision and all the stuff that they that that the Jews had to go through. They just received it by faith, mm-hmm. and so that's really the pattern that Christ is trying to show us that it's not, it's not. It, we don't have to receive the kingdom through struggle. Right. We receive the kingdom as an inheritance. Yep. We receive it It's God's free gift to us. It, it's freely given to us, and if we ever really get our mind changed and change our focus to Jesus. the way that we become effective in the world begins to change. I believe that what the effectiveness we're waiting on is is simply our mind change. We really put it on Jesus, that Jesus is able to do this, that the Spirit of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, what really began to empower the disciples uh, was that when they received the Holy Spirit, the power came to them. And they began to preach from the power of the Holy Spirit, not from the power of the law, not from the power of... Uh, you know yep. the, 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 their daily washings and sacrifices. It came through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that was freely given to them. Freely they received; they were to freely give. What if we in the church really woke up and began to do that as well? Freely we receive the yep. power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. Freely we give it to all men. Rather, you know, and, and stop calling things that are unclean, that are things that God's called clean, unclean. Maybe if we begin to change our focus and say, "Hey, uh, you know, the the whole earth." Holy, 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 the whole earth is filled with His glory. And we really begin, because here's the thing in the church, we really don't see the earth that way. Mm-hmm. We don't see it as holy. We don't see it as, as having
1: been redeemed. Having by been Christ. redeemed.
0: We don't see it as worth, you know, that it would be worth something to God. But the truth, here's here's the message of heaven is holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is filled with His glory. That's the truth. And that's mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's a, that is the yep. truth right now. If we would awaken to what heaven is saying, you know, you know, here's the thing. When that was, when that was in Isaiah's day, and Isaiah had the same kind of tongue that most of the church has. whoa 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 Yep. Woe to everything that's happening around us. Woe to this. And the message of heaven wasn't that and God had to touch his lips with the yep. coal and say, "No, that's not." Your my lips mindset. are unclean
1: if you're preaching. Woe, yep. woe, woe. Yeah.
0: That's not my mindset. That's not. That's not the truth. That's yep. a lie. Yep. Let me touch. Let me. Let me touch you with something yep. that's going to change how you talk. Yeah. And his whole mind once he was touched with the coal from the altar. His whole mindset changed. He yep. began to see just how having solved things, and what if we begin again, it's a mind change. We put to Christ, yep. and we see how God sees things. We He sees it through His Son's eyes, and we begin to preach Jesus. All of a sudden, the world doesn't become an impossible place. Yep. It becomes a place that's filled with His glory. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's exactly what he's saying here, even, you know, see, because inheritance yeah. It's not something you earn. It's something you receive because somebody died and left you something. Yep. And it's what Jesus did in His redemptive, His death, burial, and resurrection. And then He goes on to tell them as we go on through this chapter, you did not come to the mount that might be touched. You didn't come to blackness and darkness. You did not come to fear and trembling. But that's the mountain we bring everybody to every Sunday morning. That's Mount Sinai. One of the things also I want to say about that, because what really stuck out to me even in that, He said, you've not come to the mount that might be touched everything about the other system was touchable, tangible, smellable, feelable. And it would be difficult if you were a first century Jew, Hebrew here, and now you're not going to see the processions of the priest as they would bake the bread, light the candles, do the, they're not hearing the dying bleedings of lambs. You're not yeah. smelling the fat of offerings burning no longer. You're not, you know, all of the sights and the tangibleness of a physical temple, and a physical circumcision, and a physical building, and a physical Jerusalem, and a physical priesthood, now it's moved into something that's not touchable. In other words, you've not come now to a mouth that can be touched. You've not come to a physical tangible. You've come to something that's totally different in the realm of spirit, because you've come to a better tabernacle, You've come to a better priesthood. You've come to better sacrifices. Those are not animals bleeding. That's a spiritual dimension. You've come to, uh, uh, you know, uh, he goes on to say, when he switched, he said, you didn't come to that, which is really, everything about that Mm -hmm. is Old Covenant. You didn't come. He's telling them, listen, don't sell your birthright because you've not come to something that can be touched. You've not come to the tangible stuff that you're looking for. The sights and the sounds of the old covenant. See, I believe Christians yeah. are still looking for the touchable, tangible stuff. You know, even, even, and I'm going to get controversial here. Even the idea of building a, a rebuilt temple in the Middle East to me is absurd, because it, God dismantled that system in the first place. Why would He want another temple with the blood of a red heifer to be offered, when there was no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. And i think in the other day as I was watching, the, you know, some of the things that are going on television, and they're like saying, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, we need to get the Jews to go back to their homeland, and then, you know, so Jesus can return. And then, but you know, I got to thinking, man, if I was a Jew, and they're trying to get me to go back and settle the land in Israel. And then we're going to preach that Then all of a sudden then Jerusalem's going to be encompassed with armies and there's going to be blood to the horses bridle. If I was a Jew I would do what Jesus said in Matthew 24. If I was in Judea I would sure wouldn't settle there. I'd flee to the mountains. I'd get out of Dodge. So the, the whole even the whole logical thinking of it is just absurd to me, because it's not the blood of bulls and goats, but we've shifted from the the, the tangible touchable, yeah. where He says, but you are come. you're not coming yeah. to, but you are come to Mount Zion, and you've come to the city of the living God, and you've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. So we've even come to a spiritual Zion, which is the new yeah. covenant, that's what it is. You know, you've yeah. come to the new covenant, which is the new Jerusalem. We've already come there, we're yeah. not coming there. But that's the spiritual dimension of what we've come to, and the city of God is, the community of faith. Go ahead.
0: You know, the thing is, too, is if we really were logical about it, none of that would work in our culture. In other words, if there was a if there was a literal temple built, yep, and you put up the curtains like they had to in those days, and nobody and you say, deny us access and you again. Said, God's God's back there behind God's presence is back there behind that curtain. Even Christians who say that that's what's going to happen, they wouldn't believe it. Yeah. No. If you if, you know, we would go. How do I know God's behind that curtain? You know, you could be telling me anything, because we live in a culture where everything is questioned, everything is...
1: Almost sound like a Wizard of Oz, you, and right? You have,
0: and you have we, have, we live in a culture where things are accessible to us very easily. Yeah. So if you take and you put God behind a curtain and say, God lives in that curtain now, you're going to go, I don't believe that. And nobody's going to convert to that. Yeah. But we have a better, and why would we want to go to something like that when yeah. we have a better access... Yeah to a tangible God that lives in our life that when you really have who's
1: living in the real tabernacle
0: that when you have an encounter with him you know it's real in other words they get you if you have an if you ever have an encounter with God where he moves into your life and he's he's working in your life somebody can tell you well, Jesus ain't real, and God's not real. And you go, you can't tell me that. I, I have this. I have access to Him. I've had an encounter with Him. I've, I, you know, I've literally, you know, had an encounter with Jesus that changed my life. Anyone that's ever had Jesus step into their life, you can never. And I think you, you always say that uh, an argument is not is nothing to a man with an experience. Yeah. You know, we can we can argue all day about you know uh, here's a curtain, and God's going to go live behind this curtain. But if you've ever had an encounter with Jesus, you're gonna go, no, that's not my God, because he lives, he's ruling and reigning right here. He's accessible to me. Why in the world would we ever want to go back yeah. to something where it puts God behind where, a curtain? Where Jesus
1: lives in the Middle East. Yeah. Instead or of living inside behind, of me. Yeah, and yeah.
0: put him behind a curtain where we can touch not, taste not, see not, but we put in but we you know, we've got another words, here he is, here's a mountain you can't touch. You know, why would you want to go to this mountain you can't touch when you've come to Mount Sinai? If you've ever tasted of this life, why in the world would you want to go back to something that is far less than the better thing you're living in? I think that's why even the writer of Hebrews is trying to get these guys to realize, man, here's something you have a better. Let me put you in the right mindset. And I think that's what you're trying you're you're doing here today. Let me put you in the right mindset. You have a better priesthood who is touched with your emotions. He's touched with your feelings of your infirmity. He he's He's been, he's been tested in all the things you've been going through, so therefore He knows how to reach you where you are. Yeah. You have a better sacrifice. It's not one that you have to make every week, constantly trying to get God to love you again, but you have a better sacrifice that has completely took away the sin of the world, completely took away your sin, completely took away who you are and made you a brand new creation in Christ. You have a better temple because you don't have to go over somewhere where there's a temple built where you don't have access to this God, but you've got a better temple where he's, he's living inside. You are the temple that he's living in. You are the place that he's dwelling in, and you can see him seated in heavenly places. You can see him seated inside of you. That's better than what you, we had. Why would you want to go, in other words, why would we ever want to go back to something that is less than the good or or or. The better than what we have. Yeah, we have the ultimate, and we keep we preach a theology that wants to go back to something that's less than what we yeah, have. It wants to go to.
1: back to old covenant and sell the birthright yep. literally.
0: And and, it, and here's the thing: what it's going to do is going to leave you hungry. Yeah, going to leave you desolate. Here, yep. you know, it will starve you to death yep. rather than being able to constantly feed on the bread and wine that he has. At, he, he's, yep. he's wanting to give you. You're
1: selling it for a bowl of beans rather yeah. than.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, and I think about that. You know, I think about that. Here's Esau. Here's He's got access to the inheritance. In other words, there's pro- he probably had access to all the food that Jacob had access to. But he's starving to death, and he's selling every—he's going to sell his birthright for a pot of beans. He probably could have went to the same refrigerator that Jacob did and got the same food and not starved to death and went and had to give up his birthright. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're doing—is that we have access to the same refrigerator that Jesus has. Yeah, we're because we're joint heirs. Because we're joint heirs with him. And instead of accessing that refrigerator, instead of feeding on the things that God has for us, we're selling ourselves short for a pot of beans and somebody's what, you know, in other words like, <laughs> you're gonna sell everything you have for, for a scam.
1: I wanna look at the camera and say, what's wrong with you all? <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, if somebody <laughs>
0: called you on the phone and said, you know, if you just give me, you know, uh, access to your bank account, I'm gonna get, I, I can sell you all the land in, in California and it'll be yours. You're gonna go, you're crazy. I, this is a scam I'm hanging up. But yet we hear that same kind of stuff. It, it, preached in pulpits and we sell our birthright rather than turning to Christ and having access yeah to the same power, to the or, same Or God we even point to an Jesus.
1: ethnic group of people, we say, you know, they're God's chosen people, not knowing I'm God's chosen yeah. people. Like, And I'm not saying God don't love Jews, I'm just saying that there's that what when Jesus came He drew a bigger circle. Yeah. And He said, listen, there's only one way to access the covenants of promise, it's not through ethnic background. That's kind of racist. You know, I think about the, the Palestinians that are over there, and the Christians that are in the Middle East, that are Palestinian. I've got friends living in the West Bank and living in Gaza and sending me messages and stuff of what are going on in their churches, and there's more believers among the Palestinians than there are. I mean, the Jews are still rejecting their Messiah. What about our Palestinian brothers who really love Jesus? Are they not heirs them? to the promise, huh? Who yep. have received Jesus. They've received Jesus. And actually, you know, there was more believers there then and now it's begun to digress because Western Christianity tries to take out a pastor say to me, why do the Christians from America hate us? They'll come and preach to the Jews, but they won't come and preach to us. That tore my heart out. And this girl that I know over there, she said she went to the wall and they said to her, the people on this side of the wall are the people that God loves, the people on the other side of the wall are not. That just, to me, tears my heart out. Yep. Because we put a wall up that says you're excluded. See, if we just include both Jew and Gentile in Christ, the war would be over. Yep. People quit fighting. We learn, you know, what the 13th chapter of Hebrews says, let brotherly love prevail because love will bring an end of war. We're about to run out of time, man. We've got to come back and do another one. But uh, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to support the ministry, I know we're saying some things that may be controversial, but if you want to get behind what we're doing, Uh, Simply go to my website at lynnhouse.com. There's a place where you can give via credit card or debit card. You can actually do a monthly debit if you want to become a partner with our ministry. You can call the number on the screen if you'd like somebody to help you set that up. Or you can give via check or money order by writing to the address that's on the screen and, and include your generous gift to help us take the gospel around the world. Don't sell your birthright. All of God's promises in Christ are yes and amen. Join us again next week at the same time, and I believe you'll be blessed by the Word of God that we're sharing. God bless you. Thank you for joining us.
0: The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.